Good Sunday morning. This is Mike Sarig, the voice of Vital Ministries, and it's good to be with you on your Sunday. It's amazing how things are going today. Uh, just, uh, just a beautiful day in the midst. Of, even though we got those clouds, what we had some snow again, which was unbelievable. But that's part of Iowa, and that's just part of March of how we do things here. But we were, just want to thank you this morning. You're probably traveling down uh, the the road this morning down uh, a highway. And you turn it on to KBOE 104.9 FM. Just glad for you to be with us this morning and just thank you for this day and uh, just being part of with us. Also, to those of you who are headed on your way to church this morning, that it would be a good day for you as you head to get a chance to praise God and glorify Him and all that you do this morning and just a great time with others, other brothers and sisters in Christ as well. Those of you too that say, Mike, Sunday morning, this is my worship time. This is the time I get fed. This is the word that I received for the day. And I just want to thank you for being part, uh, taking time to do that as well. Just a, It's just a great time. But with that being said, uh, we got a few announcements that's coming up. Just a reminder, you know, we just had our last warrior breakfast, almost 70 men showing up. We had a wonderful morning. We had young men there as well. Fathers bringing their uh, young boys, their sons. And it was just an exciting time. And our next one, which will be the um, last one for the season until the fall, will be April 1st. And again, that's at uh, New Sharon at Lighthouse Church. That starts at 8 o'clock in the morning. We're finished by 9. And we're going to have an incredible breakfast. My understanding is, men, that we are going to have homemade cinnamon rolls. And you're not going to want to miss that. We got a, uh, one of our men in our church named Earl that says he can knock this out of the park. I'm excited for what he's going to do. So you're going to want to make sure that you come hungry. Mark your de- uh, date on your calendar. Again, that's April 1st on a Saturday morning, Lighthouse Church in New Sharon from 8 to 9 o'clock. And we're going to be excited for that. Also, too, we send out devotionals six days a week with Vital Life. My wife is the writer of that. Just a good time, good inspiration. Just get that nugget for the beginning of your day. So just encourage you to uh, just take that opportunity and uh, and just in the midst of your morning. Also, too, we send out devotionals five days a week for men. Just a great time for men to get plugged in and see what the uh, Holy Spirit is speaking to them as an inspiration for you and speaking directly to men. You don't want to miss out on that as well. So that's uh, another thing that we have um, available. Also, too, just like in a ministry, I don't ask very often, folks, but Vital Ministries is a, a 501, and we are dependent on people who give money to the ministry. And uh, like every other ministry, things are tight. They just are. But we love doing the ministry. We love sending this uh out on the radio station live, and uh, that's just. But there's expense with that. So if that's something that you would like to do and be in part of Vital Ministries, you can go to Vital Ministries, uh, uh, and check that out on our website, and you can get that information and go there, and that will help you to uh, send out whatever you might be willing to give as well. But with that being said, we're going to get started this morning. I'm excited about this new teaching series called The King of Kings. You know, we've been in discipleship the last three weeks, but we're going to change. We're going to move a different direction. We're going to take these next weeks uh, as we get ready for Easter, which unbelievably is only not very far away, about four weeks away. And it is coming in and coming fast. And it's just a great time as we celebrate, observe the crucifixion, also to the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And just a great time. So again, we're going to be doing this teaching series. We're going to do the roadway down for Jesus as he heads to the cross. 
and also too on Easter, the resurrection. So you don't want to miss out on that as well. But let's get started this morning with our opening. It's like if anything, we have to do a groundwork. We have to do a, a preliminary plan to lay out some description before we jump into this teaching. But the first question I'm going to ask you this morning, and it's been asked many, many times by many people, does God exist? Who is Jesus Christ? See, Jesus Jesus' last name is not Christ. A lot of people don't really realize that. It is actually Jesus of Nazareth. How do we know that? That comes out of John chapter 1, verse uh, 45. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. So with Jesus of Nazareth being that his name, last name, in the time of, of Israel, back in the time of Christ, your last name was identified with the town, the community in which you lived. Like Mary Magdalene, she was actually from, her name was rightfully Mary, but her community was Mag Magdalena. And you can go there and you can check that out. It's all kinds of interesting things, but your last name was always associated with the city in which you lived. And uh, it's just so... Um, it's just like the, how it is today. We have our first name, we have a middle name, and of course our last name. But that's not how it was in the time of Christ. For the next few weeks until Easter, again, we're going to look at the last days of Jesus' life. He is the King of Kings. But many people have questions looking for the truth. Much like it was back in the 1960s with the G Jesus Revolution began. And again, I'm going to encourage you, if you have not seen that movie, The Jesus Revolution, you want to see it. It is outstanding. I highly recommend it. It is without a doubt a five-star movie showing. So don't miss out that take in your family. But first, let's look at the proof that he is God. Let's look at what Jesus claims to be. And then we will look at his final days as he walks back to Jerusalem with his disciples and obviously knowing that his death on the cross lays before him. In John 10.30, Jesus says, I am, I am the Father and we are one. Jesus is back in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah at the Festival of Dedication. He makes this statement in verse 31 and it says, Once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. He had performed miracles, signs and wonders, healings, delivering people from demonic, and also raised people from the dead. Yet, they would not believe that Jesus truly was the Messiah. Even today, they do not recognize that. They see that Jesus was only a prophet. That's all it was that did good things. So why is Jesus' ident identity so important? So why does, it, why does it matter that Jesus is God? That's a good question, isn't it? And to testify as the King of Kings. Now, i got five things here. I just want to touch base this morning to help us to understand what, who Jesus is and who God is at the same time. Here's number one. C.S. Lewis points out in this statement, if Jesus is not God, then Jesus is the, is the worst of liars and, untruth, and, and untrustworthy in every way. That's a pretty significant point, and a lot of us know about C.S. Lewis, and he is without a doubt a man of God, but he's bringing a point. He's showing us, he's showing us the proof. He's saying that if this is the case, then Jesus was the worst of all liars. Number two, if Jesus is not God, all the apostles and Paul would also be considered liars. They would be considered untruth, um, untru uh, the truth wouldn't be, wouldn't be uh, 
what it is untrustworthy. So here's the here's the thing that to look at. So the whole New Testament, folks, if Jesus was not the Son of God, the Messiah, then we would literally have to take the whole New Testament out of the Bible because it would not be true. See, Jesus had to be had to be God because the Messiah was promised to be the Holy One. Isaiah 49.7 proves that. And since no one on earth is righteous before God, which also comes out of Psalms 53.1 and Psalms 143.2, God himself had to enter the world as a human. Why? If Jesus is not God, his death would not have been insufficient to pay for the penalty for the sins of the world. 1 John 2.2 God is also the Savior, Hosea 13.4 and 1 Timothy 2.3. If Jesus is to be the Savior, then he must be God. And that's significant. You've got to know that in your heart. You've got to believe by faith. That's a trust thing issue within your own heart of believing that truly Jesus was the Messiah. And that was the thing that was lacking in the time of Christ when Jesus walked the planet. See, Jesus had to be both God and man. As God, Jesus couldn't satisfy God. Jesus could only, excuse me, I'm going to say that again. I miss, I miss it, uh, uh, quoted that. As God, Jesus could only satisfy God's wrath. As a man, Jesus had the capability of dying as the God-man. Jesus is the perfect mediator between heaven and earth, which comes out of 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. Salvation is only available through the faith in Jesus Christ. As he proclaimed, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, which we find in John 14, 6. I think this helps us get a little bit of groundwork this morning as we get to establish of who Jesus was, that he truly is the Son of Man, he truly is the Son of God, and he truly is the Messiah. And I believe with all this within me, folks, that people are believing and and understanding and getting an, uh, a, a faith walk within, within them to trust that Jesus truly is the Son of God. But we're going to jump into one of the stories this morning that comes out of Mark chapter 10. If you're home this morning, we're going to go to Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. And we're at point number one is this great faith in a great king. Now we're going to read this story about the blind Bartimaeus. So if you're with me this morning, if you're traveling down the highway, just listen. This is some pretty good stuff. Then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So, they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. Bartimaeus says this. My rabbi, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. What an incredible miracle. Actually, this is the last recorded miracle in the book of Mark, but Jesus does something absolutely 
profound. But let's jump into this a little bit this morning, dig a little deeper. See, the story of Bartimaeus occurs in both the book of Mark and in the book of Matthew. Matthew talks of two blind men, while Mark only talks of Bartimaeus. Maybe this is because he's the most vocal of the two. We don't know, and who wouldn't be at that time? Think of it like this. If you were blind for all of your life and you heard the healer was coming, would you be vocal too? They've heard the miracles that Jesus had done, and wouldn't you risk it all for a touch of the master? Isn't that true? If you had something ailing you, if you had been blind all of your life, without a doubt, you would take a risk. See, Jesus is on the way to Jericho. A huge crowd is all around Jesus. It would take a lot to get a man's attention in a crowd. In this story, we'll see something profound about God and Jesus' nature and the type of faith and prayer that pleases God. And this is what truly helped blind Bartimaeus to see. And I hope this morning as we dig in, we get a glimpse to to see, to, to step into the story, to stand into the moment in which Jesus touches a man. See, Bartimaeus knows who Jesus is. See, it says, when Jesus passed by, he calls out to Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, by calling Jesus the son of David and saying, have mercy on me, see, David, excuse me, blind Bartimaeus knew that Jesus was the son of David and was affirming his belief that Jesus was truly the Messiah. That's because I believe the man believed in the scriptures from what he heard in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 7, verses 14 through 16. It says this, I will be his father and he will be my son. This is talking about King David. If he sins, I will correct and discipline him with a rod like a father would do. But my favor will not be taken from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from your sight. Your house and your kingdom will continue before me for all time, and your throne will be seen forever. So Nathan went back to David and told him everything that the Lord had told him in a vision. See, King David had an affirmation from Nathan the prophet that his throne would endure time. Why? Because of the Messiah, not because of the kings that would sit on the throne, because we know after we get reading through 1 and 2 Kings that David's throne for a period of time is not having anybody sit on it until Jesus comes back. And it was, but even though there was a distance of time, there was a promise in the time. See, the people tried to keep Bartimaeus quiet, but he wouldn't. It was the it was his moment, his only chance to meet the Messiah and hope to see again. The proof of this faith was in his was in Bartimaeus's voice. The more they tried to quiet him, the more he yelled. Bartimaeus believed Jesus was was real, and so was he as the King of Kings, and that he was in desperate pursuit of him. Nothing was going to stop him in the moment. He was going to be as vocal and as loud as he could get so he could get Jesus' attention. Jesus was not going to walk by another time, folks. This was his moment. So here's the power in the story. When was the last time, let's let's think about this, let's, let's, let's just pause for a moment. 
When was the last time you were desperate for Jesus? You needed a healing. You needed a touch. You need the Lord with all that was within you. See, too often today we call out for Jesus what I call a genie Jesus. Rub the, rub the bottle and he pops out. He fixes our problems and then we return right back to our existing lives, unchanged and unmoved. Living out a life of oh-hum, and I don't think with all that's within me that that isn't being a person who is truly desperate for what Jesus is and for what Jesus looks like and what they could be in their life. That's just simply, folks, going through the motions. And I think a lot of people, and especially Christians, simply go through the motions and are not desperate in the relationship of Jesus Christ. See, I think in America we want a revival, a revelation, a movement with putting on, putting into it minimal effects. We've lost our fire and our zeal for Jesus. And what would it take for you to pray fervently for Jesus to bring a fire in your life? I asked myself this morning the same question. We've chosen to be comfortable as to being courageous. Our voices have been quieted and we wonder why our nation is in the position that it is and we are so far from God. Because we are not in desperate pursuit of Him. And that's why I believe in the very beginnings of our nation with the forefathers, they were in desperate need of, of knowing and how to create and build a country. They would not done it before, so they go back to the Word of God. They go back to the Bible. They were desperate. But see, in the desperation, we also see transformation. We see changes in the midst of those men, and I believe today that we can see the same thing. See, Israel had Jesus standing in front of them, and they couldn't see him. The Pharisees, the scribes, the religious uh, rulers, they were the only there, but they were more blind than blind Bartimaeus. They were blind. See, blind Bar uh, Bartimaeus, with, without a doubt, was blind physically. But his eyes were wide open spiritually. He was desperate in his, in his way of the moment to pursue Jesus himself. Notice what Jesus does in the moment. He hears Bartimaeus' cries. He's calling out, Hey, Jesus, here I am. Have mercy on me. I like this, and this is, this is according to Mike. Jesus tells his disciples, Hey, Peter and Andrew, go get him. Help him come to me. I hear his voice. I love my sheep. See, his blind Bartimaeus, what does he do? He jumps up and he pushes through the crowd. Now, bear again, folks, he's blind, but he wants to get to the familiar voice. He hears Jesus. It's a moment. Jesus takes the time. Hey, my son, what do you want to want me to do for you? Now, see, Jesus really wants him to ask. He wants to be, be specific. He wants to hear from Bartimaeus what he wants. And so he asks him, Bartimaeus, what is it that you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus says this, Rabbi, I want to see. I don't know about you folks, but I bet the tears were rolling. This man spent years on the street begging, calling, and wanting someone to notice. I would venture to say that the religious people walked by Bartimaeus upon Sabbath, upon Sabbath, having no compassion on the man. Didn't care, didn't take the time, and wouldn't even speak to him. 
but not Jesus. He wants to hear the ask. And Bartimaeus was desperate in the ask. See, this coming Tuesday, I get my, my right knee replaced with a conformant knee. My, my left knee has been replaced, and now it's time for the right. I've been asking Jesus to heal me, guide the doctors, help them to do the miraculous, and make me walk without pain. See, I thank my good friend. See, I thank my good friend Dennis for the heads up on getting this procedure, and also too for giving me direction on the on the conformist knee. See, good friends—that's what good friends do. They look out for each other. They help one another. Blind Bartimaeus, he didn't have that other than the other beggar that sat beside the road. See, I've been, I've been desperate asking God for good legs so that I can be like Joshua and fight like a young man in my later years of my life. I want to preach the gospel message, share my faith, advance the kingdom of God, but I need a touch from the rabbi. I have faith that through the pain that it will come, and it will be great, but great gain will come in my faith. I want to live my life for Jesus and finish the days serving him. I want to live desperate each day of my life and live my life as it were my last. See, here's a, a few things that I, I think that we can take away from this. Here's what I noticed about Bart, um, Bartimaeus. See, he ran to Jesus with desires. When, when was the last time that you ran to Jesus with your desire? Your all I desire, that would be nothing. See, I like what it says in Psalm 42 too. It puts it into perspective. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and, and appear before God? That's my desire. Here's another thing we notice about Bartimaeus. He doesn't come with a with with a preface for a petition or a list of good works that he accomplished or any falsifying of humility within his own life. He does not do that. He simply comes and does this and says, Here I am, Jesus. All I have to offer you is my brokenness and strife. But you can make something beautiful out of my life. See, broken people yearn for hope. They need the miraculous. They need the encounter. The most brokenness, folks, that I have ever experienced in my life is when I went in to preach into the prison. It was full of broken men who, who had lived broken promises and had broken hearts. Their sins sent them to, to be incarcerated. I'll never forget an Amish man that I met in prison. He must have made a big mistake for the brothers in his clan to have turned him in. See, this man, what I noticed about him when he was out there in the crowd, he knew the Bible. He came every time that I came in to preach in the prison. And when it was over, he thanked me. And this is what I did one time when I was there. I looked at him and I said, I believe that our God forgives. And I know you've asked him. Someday you will go back to a hard moment within the midst of your people. I told him this. I said, you stand in front of your brothers knowing who you are, that you truly are the son of the living God. Walk without shame, brother. And when I, made, when I said those things to him, 
The tears started rolling down his cheeks and he, and he grabbed my hand and he said, thank you, brother. See, that's what we do for each other. There's always hope in Jesus Christ, no matter what we've done or the, the sins we've made. See, this was Bartimaeus. This is what he brought that day. He expressed to Jesus his desire to trust and believe that Jesus could fulfill. I love this moment. Jesus told the man, go, your faith has healed you. And in a moment, blind Bartimaeus received his sight. Blind, but now he could see. Wow, if you think about that for a moment, can you see the moment, folks, that blind faith brought wide open eyes? A moment of desperation brought mercy to a lost soul. See, folks, blind Bartimaeus had faith that pleased God. A wholehearted trust in the healer, the king of kings. Hebrews 11.6 says it this way, God re rewards those who earnestly seek him. Bartimaeus understood that truth. But my question is, do you today? Are you seeking the Lord today? Do you have that kind of faith that is pleasing to God? Today could be the day of trusting God, trusting Jesus Christ, asking the King of Kings to be your Savior. Are you desperate enough to ask the ask? See, that's always a big question for all of us, isn't it? Are we desperate enough to ask the ask? Will you pray with me this morning? Dear Jesus, again, I just want to thank you for this day. I thank you for those that are out listening this morning that are like blind Bartimaeus. Man, they are desperate. They need changes. They need healing. They need hope in their life. Everything seems dark. Everything seems black. Everything seems blind. But Lord, I believe that if we simply come to you and ask you to please forgive us of our sins and that you forgive us instantly in the moment that we are forgiven and that by faith we trust you and we live a life that is transformed and changed from that moment on. We don't go back to our sin. We don't go back to our old way of life. We go back to something new. I pray this morning, Lord, that maybe somebody this morning has prayed that prayer that they've asked you to be their Savior. Like blind Bartimaeus, they need a healing touch. Lord, you can still do the touches even today through the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Holy Spirit, this morning that you would go out to those that are listening. Encourage them today. Help them know who they are in you, that they truly are the sons and the daughters of the living God, and that we serve a risen King, and He is, Jesus is, the King of Kings. We love you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Folks, we're going to continue this teaching series, The King of Kings. You don't want to miss out on what God has for you in your life and the transformation that you can live, much like Blind Bartimaeus. This is Mike Serig, the voice of Vital Ministries.